welcome to our next FLC podcast where we are going to be um, talking about how to get past the hurdles of investing with Vinvest, which is a um, investment uh, company and they'll help you make investments more efficiently and effectively. Um, so first off, FLC, we're a nonprofit that's targeted to providing content and knowledge on financial topics to help you uh, understand the market and figure out how to make good uh, choices with your money. So I'm Drew Setti, and I'm the founder of FLC, and my team is going to go ahead and introduce themselves. Uh, my name is Sadat Jenna. I am the director of FLC Social Media, and I'm a junior at Eastlake High School. Um, I also work with my partner, Nathaniel, who unfortunately couldn't be here today because he is sick. Uh, my name is Manasvi. I'm a senior and the publisher for FLC. Ruth, I'm also a junior at Eastlake, and I'm uh, one of the lead content creators. And we are having this podcast with Minvest, which is headed by Arjun. So Arjun, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello there, I'm Arjun Seti, the co-founder and CEO of Minvest. Um, I can go ahead and introduce myself next. Hi guys, my name is Raga Kadali. I am the Chief Operating Officer and also a co-founder of Minvest. Thank you guys so much for having us on here. I think it's going to be a very great, very fruitful conversation today. Yes, 100%. Yeah, and just adding off of that, uh, hi, I'm B. Nguyen. I'm also a co-founder of like Raga and Arjun, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer of Minvest. Also excited for the podcast. Hi, everyone. So excited to be here. My name is Alejandro Rios. I go by Alex. I'm a senior at Freedom High School in the Academy of Engineering and Technology, and I am the Chief Technology Officer of Minvest. And I wasn't one of the co-founders, but I was the first software development intern here. So yeah, very excited to get started. Awesome, that's great. So let's jump right in. So um, our first question for you guys is, um, one of the biggest problems when people start investing is their lack of knowledge of the market and um, information that they need. So what would you guys say is uh, the best way to get past the struggle? I can take this question. So speaking from personal experience as an investor, one of the best things that I did when getting started with investing is reading as much financial news as possible. So whenever someone comes to me and asks the question, how can I become better at investing? How can I learn more? Just reading financial news, watching quick videos on CNBC, you pick up a lot of that lingo that finance people use to sound smart. And we at Invest understand that finding the right news article that relates to your interest can be really hard, which is why we've also developed an AI assistant which allows you to ask it questions and then not only gives you a response that's personalized to your question, but also a list of news articles that directly answer what you're asking. So I think that really sums it up, reading as much news articles as possible and exposing yourself to the world of finance. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Getting as much experience as you can and uh, taking a lot of resources and kind of summarizing all that so that you can understand is definitely um, a really important thing to do when starting to invest. And I think Sadat's going to uh, go ahead and continue with the next question. Yeah, um, the next big topic that like we wanted to discuss is kind of the idea of like funds that like high schoolers have. Because obviously at the end of the day, we're high schoolers. And then if you're on Instagram or other social media, you'll see these big business moguls talking about how investing is great for them. But of course, those are people with tons of money and like millions of dollars to work with. So with a high schooler who's obviously working off a budget, maybe works a couple hours a week, how would you say you would overcome that like problem of not having tons of money, but wanting to get into investing? Um, I can go ahead and take this question. Um, but I would say 
the thing is with investing is that you don't have to go out and start right off the bat investing thousands of dollars. You can invest starting with like this much money. That's why apps like Robinhood that allow you to do fractional trading where you could literally take a dollar, you could take $10 and sort of experiment with that, see how it goes and then build up from there. So I think it's a very um, valid point that you bring up because yeah, we're 17, 18, we're teenagers. I mean, none of us, I mean, possibly some people could, but a lot of us, you know, for working part-time jobs, we're using a lot of that money to save, right? And so that amount that you actually put towards investing, even though it depends on the individual, it's not a lot at the end of the day, especially at this age. So I think the important thing for people to keep in mind is that you don't have to go all out, go super big, start small. And this kind of goes back to that last question of learning about investing and sort of getting past that big barrier, because the best way to learn is to actually do it. And you can actually do it by starting small, by fractionally trading. But that's what I think with that one. Yeah, just to add on to what Raga said, it's all about the power of compound uh, just investing. You, you start off small and then over time, the earlier that you start, the more money that you'll generate at the end. So that's just all it is for uh, investing for young. Yeah, from I took a, a financial um, literacy course. I just learned actually that starting investment or investing even 10 years late can cost you millions or possibly even tens of millions, depending on how much you invest. So that's something like the magic of compounding is actually very great. And honestly, it just fascinates me. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like great. And like, that kind of um, like with many high schoolers, they always are scared of the fact that they're putting money down without realizing that even if it's like just a little bit of money over time, it'll grow. And that's like the beauty of investing. Um, I think our next team member will set us up with the next question. Yeah, so I had a question about like what kind of platforms we could use like in terms of resources and who we can trust. So this is like in terms of applications or like finding a reputable broker or investment. So I'm going to take this question. There's a lot of very reputable sources for financial news and for investing. After all, finance is a highly regulated industry. You have major players like the SEC working to make sure that the financial information you're getting and that the resources you're using are well-maintained, up-to-date, and secure. I highly recommend going with the big names in finance. I know Robinhood gets a lot of hate, but if you're just starting out as a beginner investor, it's actually a really good platform to use. Obviously, other platforms like Fidelity, E-Trade, those are all very good places to use to start investing as brokerages. When it comes to news source, I'd just stick with the big names here. CNBC, Wall Street Journal, those are both very accurate sources. I've noticed that CNBC tends to be a lot more accessible to beginner investors than the Wall Street Journal in terms of language level. So I really recommend using sources like that. Also kind of adding on, um, one thing that really helped me understand um, and helped me learn is using simulations. Like even if you're not ready to use those small fraction amounts, like Raga said, um, there are many uh, simulators that work just like the market, but you don't, you just, you, you're using fake money, but with the real market. So I think applications like that are also really essential um, when you're trying to learn how to invest in things like that. Yeah, great. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, that was really great. Uh, I mean, I think our next question is really regarding difficulty reading the market. So obviously we hear a lot about how markets are super efficient, how we should just be putting all our money into index funds and waiting 30, 40 years. But uh, we were just wondering if you guys had any advice or really any opinions on 
I mean, on that advice, on just putting money into an index fund for 30, 40 years, leaving it. And then when you're 60, you'll have like a million dollars. So, I mean, what do you guys think about that topic? I think it's great uh, to use index funds. And they're a very effective way for a lot of people that don't have access to financial education. But the Minvest algorithm actually suggests you stocks that outperform the S&P 500 index. And that's a great way to get ahead of the game with investing. We've back-tested our algorithm for two years, three years, five years, and it's shown very consistent results. Another important component is that index funds aren't necessarily personalized. They are one-size-fits-all. And if you've ever gone shopping for jeans, you know that one-size-fits-all rarely works. You need something that's personalized to your financial goals, needs, and preferences, and that's what Minvest is able to do, able to suggest you stocks that best fit your financial goals. And I think that's the shortcoming that index funds have. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly why, I mean, obviously being funding through this topic is because obviously your product, correct me if I'm wrong, is the whole point of it is to essentially offer personalized financial advice, personalized financial resources uh, at a pretty low cost, considering that most of this is automated, like you mentioned before, you're using AI. So really, we, uh, like, I mean, that was kind of the whole point of bringing up this topic is like you mentioned, you you guys believe that obviously your uh, product is meant to help personalize a person's portfolio. But how would you how would you think that would help a individual investor, someone like a teenager who say doesn't have a lot of money to invest, only has five hundred dollars, maybe a hundred dollars from like a part time job? How would you say that that would help them invest in the long term? Definitely, and I can go ahead and take this one. So. First things first, just to make it clear, Minvest, yes, we run off an algorithm, but we're not providing stock advice and we're not really providing recommendations. That's like a, a clear distinction we need to make. Um, we more so focus on providing these stock results based on the preferences that folks have and based on their financial goals, like Arjun mentioned, right? So we're not just um, going and we're not predicting what stocks are going to do and just sort of telling people to invest in them. It's more so a resource that gives you an idea of which stocks in the S&P 500 best fit your portfolio. But to actually answer your question here, so one key part of our platform, and, and, and this is one of the problems that me, Arjun, and B as co-founders, we all face this in common, and this is really where Midvest was born out of, was a lack of time. All right, teenagers these days are so busy. And just the thought of taking time outside of school and extracurriculars and everything to learn how to invest and then to actually go ahead and research stocks and really learn about the whole process, it takes a lot of time that a lot of teens don't have. And so why Minvest sort of makes that difference, part of our value proposition is the fact that we help take the time out of investing, right? By using our platform, by putting in your preferences, we're giving you a list of stocks that best fit your portfolio. You go in and you want to learn about a stock. It is analyzed. It is broken down. All the metrics that professional traders and financial advisors use, we translate those for our users in a way that's very easy for teenagers to understand. So that is a big part of our value proposition there. The fact that with the stocks and the way our algorithm works, Teenagers don't have to spend hours trying to research the market and to learn about investing. It's all there at their fingertips and they can make decisions on stocks in just minutes. Um, and that's just, that's the beauty of the platform, the beauty of the concept. 
Yeah. And just building off that, the way that we personalize it individually is that we have you answer questions based on your risk preference, how much money you want to start off with, because we know it's different for each person. For example, for a young person, their risk tolerance is actually a lot higher than someone who is older because they have more time. Exactly. And you can enter in the amount of time that you want to spend, like investing. For example, you want to keep the money in there for five years, 10 years, 20 years, and then it will adapt to that for you. So that's how we keep it indiv uh, individualized for you. Yeah, um, yeah, that sounds great. And kind of building off the idea of risk, uh, one question I wanted to ask is that um, a lot of teenagers, when they're getting into investing, there is that idea of risk because like at the end of the day, you're working with stocks and like obviously stocks can go down or they can go up. And there's that general idea that it is possible to lose money um, um, when you're investing. So like, what would you say to that kind of general kind of uh, concern for teenagers who are trying to get into investing? So I think with regards to the risk of investing, there's a risk in doing anything. And in my opinion, the risk of not investing is greater than the risk of investing itself. And to put this into perspective, let's say you just throw money into a savings account. Inflation's I mean, it was running us 9% a year. Right now, it's 4% a year. Your savings account is losing 4% a year, whether you realize it or not, because the real value of that account is going down. When you're investing, you do run the risk of the stock market dropping, but you also have the reward of the stock market going up like it has been for the past 20 years. And making money takes some sort of risk. So you make a lot of reward through that. You also take on a little bit of risk. And it's all about finding that balance. And like Raga and B mentioned earlier, a core tenant of the Invest platform is asking for your risk tolerance before you're going into investing because there are certain stocks, um, value stocks, high dividend stocks, low beta stocks that really don't have as much risk as the market itself. I mean, stocks like Kroger aren't exactly crashing because people are going to keep buying their groceries, right? So when it comes to investing, it really can be personalized for individuals who have a high risk appetite and who have a low risk appetite, but there's no greater risk than not investing at all. Yeah, for sure. Definitely adding on to that as well is um, once you kind of realize that risk is a part of this, how do you make sure that emotion isn't taking control of your actions and you're making sure that you're staying on the right track, not letting either troughs or either peaks take control of your uh, decisions? Um, I can go ahead and take this one. So I might actually go ahead and relate to, um, relate this back to me as somebody who started investing a few years ago, like just before we actually created the Minvest platform. But the biggest thing that I sort of promised to myself through this investing journey is to stay patient, right? You need to stay patient. Things are going to go up. Stocks are going to go up. They're going to go down. It really comes down to your goals. And I think, um, actually, maybe I should have started with this. One sort of decision to make is, am I trying to invest for the short term or am I trying to invest for the long term? Am I trying to invest to have enough money to go see that movie next week? Or am I trying to invest to start saving up for college, right? That goal is different for everybody. But based on that decision, that's where you've got to ask yourself, if you're investing for the long term, you've got to stay patient. You've got to trust that in the market those ups and downs are ultimately going to sort of like keep going up. And that's the trend, like Arjun mentioned, for the past 20 years that the S&P 500 has seen, right? So it really boils down to what your investing goals are, whether you're looking for the short term or the long term. And if you're going for the long term, like a lot of us are, you've just got to be patient. I mean, that's the name of the game. So, I mean, I think that was all the questions we had. So did you guys have anything for us? 
I think one thing I'd kind of love to leave the audience on, if you're a teenager and you're on the cusp of investing, if you're, you know, a little bit hesitant and you're like, oh, I know it's important. I know I've seen those graphs and it shows how your money goes up with compound interest. Like it's important, but you're sort of wishy-washy on whether to start or not. My advice is, first of all, check out this platform. It's meant for beginner investors, but more than that, be willing to take that first step in. You could, you don't even have to start with the real money. I know Drew mentioned this earlier. You could use a stock simulation, but this generation, it's going to be so important for us to be financially literate. Sometimes schools don't do the best job of preparing us for it, which means that we as a generation, we have to take our future into our own hands, our financial future, especially start learning those skills now and we'll be um, more successful down the road because of it. So that's like, I urge you guys strongly, if you're hearing this and you're like, I don't know if I should start, this is your sign, the start. This is your sign to dip your feet into the waters. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I really think that both our initiatives really have really deeply tied goals and kind of pushing um, us to take that step because as you said, co compounding is really one of the biggest things that are going to help us in our future. And your platform as, as well as ours, we push to increase that financial literacy. And I think that's one of the most important things that's going to help this generation. Yeah, another um, really cool fact that I've learned is that based on the uh, power of compounding, um, Warren Buffett actually started like relatively early for when, for when he was investing, but actually 99% of his wealth was acquired after the age of 50. This is because since it's an exponential relationship, once you get to like a more or medium size, like amount of money you've invested, that will grow really, really fast. The point where now instead of you have millions and now you balloon to tens of millions and even hundreds of millions and so on. So that's just magical, honestly. That boggles my mind. And to everyone listening who might be curious on how to find Minvest Beta, I encourage you to follow us on Instagram at Minvest Finance. Go ahead and join the waiting list for Minvest Beta on our website, minvestfinance.com. We're releasing to new users every week and you could be one of them. So highly encourage you to do that if you're excited from what you heard in this podcast. Yep. So um, their socials will be linked on our Instagram post as well as in our website. So make sure to check them out and hope this helped you guys. Have a nice day.